Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Well, today is July the 4th and we're uh, we're celebrating America's birth, you know, 245 years ago. That's a really short time, not a long time. A short time ago, um, we declared ourselves independent from England, which we considered tyranny. And, um, you know, we just we said we're we're free from that and we're going to we're our own nation. And uh, so we've been having at it for 245 years have a lot of good things that have happened, a whole lot of bad things that have happened. But I just want to say I'm so thankful for this nation. And I believe that the only reason why we're here is because there's a purpose for this nation. I believe the only reason why we won that revolutionary war, it wasn't just because we were smart. It wasn't definitely because we were stronger than the strongest nation on earth at that time. I mean, it wasn't because of anything like that. It was simply because God was with us. Does it mean we were perfect? Does it mean that there weren't a lot of mistakes and failures and whatnot all along the way? And if you think you, you have to be perfect to have God's hand on your on your life, you just read the Old Testament, right, in the lives of some of those people. But let me just say, I believe that there's a purpose on this nation and that God has a something that he wants to accomplish here. And, um, you know, uh, we've we've had people all along the way that have helped steer this nation in the right course. You know, you think about the pilgrims and those that came here who were persecuted in other places and weren't even allowed to study the Word of God on their own, and they would have to hide to do it. They came here for religious freedom, and others came here believing that somehow God had a purpose for this land. This land has been dedicated to God by those pilgrims and by others and by some of the prompt, predominant, uh, the um, main uh, forefathers that prayed over this nation. And uh, and believed that this nation should be dedicated to God. But anyway, uh, you know, it's very obvious we've departed from that many times and uh, gone astray from what God had intended. And I believe right now in the course of where we're going, this nation has really, really gotten so far away from God. And I would say even the church has gotten very, very far away from God's original intention and it doesn't have the power that it should to have to be a transforming influence in society. You know, the word of God says that the church or God's people are the salt of the earth. They should have an influence on the earth. And it says when the salt has become saltless, it's not good for anything anymore except to be trodden underfoot by man. And I believe that's what's happened over the last decades in this nation where where uh, the church has not had the influence that it should have had. We've been going in the wrong direction and uh, so many things from, I mean, there's so many different avenues where we could just list uh, things that are going wrong, things that have happened wrong. But I just want to declare to you, God's not finished with this nation. God has started something. He's going to finish what he started. And if we will turn to God, there's still hope for us. If we'll turn to God, I believe God can turn things around in this nation and godliness can come back. Some people will say, oh, no, that'll never come back. Oh, no, that'll never change. Oh, this will never change. You just don't understand the power of God. You don't understand what can happen when the Spirit of God is poured out. Think about what happened when Jesus Christ rose from the dead. The Holy Spirit was poured out. A group of people were filled with God. And that small group of people transformed the whole godless world of that time. And over the next hundreds of years, I mean, when one place they go, look, these group, that group of people has come here, this group that has turned the whole world upside down. That's what it looks like to the world. Of course, to those who know things that are right, they see things. The world is already turned upside down. We're turning it right side up again when we go out and preach the gospel and, and tell the truth. And you see, that's exactly what happened. And you have cultures that were much more godless than we are today that were transformed by the power of God. But look what happens over time when somehow we become lax, when somehow the fire of God's not there, when we become accommodating in our truth and our principles, and we become like the world instead of shining into the darkness, we allow the darkness to influence us. Look what happens. And I, I believe that's exactly what happened. But I'm asking you today, will you be part of the answer? Will you be one of the ones who rise up? 
where we all be the ones who say, I'm going to press into God and I'm not going to just be a nominal Christian. I'm not going to just be happy going to church. I'm not just, just going to be happy getting my little personal breakthroughs. I want to live for a cause bigger than I am. I want to live for something bigger than me. I want my life to mean something beyond just, hey, am I going to make it? Am I going to just have my little dreams? Am I going to have a house and a dog and a couple of cars? You know, we've, I've got to live for something beyond that. Our life is going to be over so soon. And I believe that there's a cry of destiny that calls out to everybody. Will you live for something bigger than yourself? Will you live for a cause? There's something of greatness. You know, the Word of God talks about us uh, living lives of greatness. All the disciples wanted to live a life that was of greatness. And I believe that every person wants that somehow. There's something on the inside of you. You want to, you want to live for something great. And until we understand the meaning of that, we try to fulfill that the wrong way. We do dumb things trying to be great the world's way. And Jesus made things very clear and he's going, wait a minute, you're, you want to be great, that's okay. But the problem is you're defining it the world's way. You see, greatness is laying your life down and serving something so much bigger than you, something more important than you. And I believe on the inside of every single one of us, if we will connect to that still small voice of the Lord, there is the call that says, come, come, come out of where you are, come out of just serving yourself, connect to the cause, connect to something greater than yourself, connect to the great purpose of God. And yes, I know God has given us all dreams. We've been given dreams, I believe, for things like business or what you're called to do in life. But I want to say God sometimes goes to this point where he has to say, I've given you dreams, but you've got to have my dream over your dream. You've got to lay down your dreams so that you can fulfill my dream. My dream is more important. Once we begin to put our dreams over God's dreams, those dreams that God gave us become idols in our lives and they will lead us astray away from God. Even with Abraham, what was his dream? It ended up being Isaac, wasn't it? And then he says, I want you to lay that down. Do you remember that? And he had Isaac uh, laid up on the altar, getting ready to lay it down before the Lord. You see, God is looking for people that have accepted the American dream, which maybe it was from God, that will say, you know what? That's really great to be able to do this and this and this and all the freedoms that are here. But beyond that, I am willing to lay down my life for the greater cause of Christ, for the cause of Christ in the earth, for what he's doing right now. You, you see, God's looking for people who are willing to lay down their life for a cause, a greater cause. And the, the word of God needs to go out. And I believe fully that in this hour, the word of God is going to go out and it's going to trigger on individuals. And there's going to be something on the inside of them that goes, I want to do that. And you'll see people leaving everything but you're going to find that the power of God's going to rest on those people. And God's going to open doors for those people. And those that left everything or are willing to leave everything are going to discover so much in God, even here. God's going to bring us into some of the greatest things that we've ever seen. And I believe right now God's calling an army forward. Who will come? Who will come? And I believe that's what God's doing today because darkness will always Take the lead until light shines in any place in the world. Don't get so upset. Oh, look how bad this is. Look how bad that is. You know what? That is normal. That happens everywhere where the light of the gospel is being diminished. Because if there is no light coming from God, all that's here is darkness. What should we expect to happen in our world? You know what's crazy to me is how many Christians think, oh, oh, look. Look, look how bad things are now, you know, uh, and then they'll go, they'll act as if it's just going to stop, right? Oh, it's gotten so bad. Can you believe it ever got here? I just want to tell you, if we don't rise up, it will be worse next year. Do you understand me? You might think, oh, we've gotten as bad as we can get. No, it can get worse than this. The stupidity can get worse. The the darkness over people's minds can get worse. The only thing, the only hope is if people will see the cause and they'll dedicate themselves to it with a degree of devotion that is honorable, that it deserves, not a half-hearted, half-committed, half-giving-to 
sometimes serving God, sometimes deciding, oh, you know, some people, I mean, they can't even hardly get out of bed Sunday morning. It's a crazy world we're living in, and it's a crazy church we're living in. But I just want to say, darkness will always increase until the light of God shines. And the only way the light of God is meant to shine in the earth, it's not just going to shine, boom, out there. It might, but it's going to be initiated through a people who have the light in them, who are praying, who are, who are going into heaven with their prayers and pulling down the power of God in the earth, and who are going out into their respective places in life they're doing what they've been called to do. They're living for a cause. The purpose of God is in their life. They are on a mission. They are not wandering aimlessly in life. And in wherever they go, they bring the light of God with them. Whatever they do, they bring the light of God with them. And we all have a responsibility. We all have an assignment in life. And it's part of it is to connect with the Lord in prayer and to pray that power down. And the other part is whatever God has assigned for you to do. And I will tell you, you'll find your assignment right where you are if you'll just look around. Right where you are, there's something for you to do to bring the kingdom of God into place. But I was thinking about our nation and how there's so many, there's so many people all along the way and so many things that have helped guide this nation back to God or to turn it in that direction. And I think to all too often, we forget about those that have laid down their lives. We forget about the ones that believed and loved this nation and said, you know what? There's problems, but guess what? I'm going to live my life to make this place better because I believe God has a purpose for this. And I want to believe that the people that are there are going to have the light of God, that they're going to live in freedom and in liberty and have a great life before God. You know, I love that this idea of one generation suffers so that the next generation can be blessed. Do you all understand what I'm saying? That's happened with us. But I believe now is the time for the people of God to rise up and say, I'm willing to lay down my life so that the next generation can have the power of God in this earth again, so that they can have true freedom in this land again, so that there can be true justice in this land again. You see, man, I'll tell you what, it is wonderful to, to, to be able to lay, to lay down your life for something. It's wonderful to even discover that cause. Are y'all with me this morning? So, I, I was one thing that I love about the Constitution, I mean, it's a great Constitution, one thing it says is this, one, one phrase, we hold these truths, these truths to be self-evident. This ought to be clear to everybody, right? That all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator. It's talking about God in our constitution. It's talking about God, the creator, in our constitution, that, you know, the, the thought of evolution was nowhere near. Anyway, they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Rights that have been given by God that no man can take away or has a right to take away. And that among these rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life, liberty, or freedom, every man, they, he was saying, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, I just want to say, these words are very noble. They were particularly noble for that time, and they were directed very clearly at the slave trade. That is why these words were written. They were actually originally written much more strongly condemning the slave trade uh, in the earlier draft. And this is what they ended up with after some arguments, right? And I wonder, I'm so glad they started out at the other because at least they, they still got, I mean, this in there. And the intent was that since this was being in, in our constitution, that it would eventually work out in our land and that slavery would be, the issue would be resolved. But it was a long time later when the Civil War happened. And I believe the very reason that we had our civil war personally is, is because of slavery. 
And I believe that if you want to call it the curse, I believe that the Civil War was like a curse on the land because of slavery. But thank God through what happened, the, the power of slavery itself was broken. But when I think about the, those times, I'm thinking about another time where people had something very dark in the land where they were challenged, will you rise up for a cause? Will you stand for what is right? And you've got the, the South at that time, which I, this is the way I understand. History is a very difficult thing to understand because most of the people that write history, most, uh, most of them have some kind of you know, motive or an agenda. But um, I believe what happened in the South, you've got the, the big power guys up at the top, um, and, and then you've got the, the everybody who hardly knows what's going on. They, don't har- they hardly know what in the world is happening. What do you mean we're having a civil war? Oh, the North is coming down to destroy, I mean, to, to destroy your land, which is sort of kind of happened. But anyway, my point is, I believe that uh, from the top, this was being, the, the masses were being sort of misled. Uh, the top did not uh, tout this as, oh, we are fighting to preserve slavery. They never said that. There are so many people that would not have joined in to that cause, right? Um, in fact, the president of the southern states put out this statement and said, I want to make it clear to everybody, we are not fighting this about slavery. This is not about slavery. But if you look behind the scenes, I believe it was. You see, I believe it was. But I believe that what was happening was you've got manipulation going on and you've got people doing things and saying things to manipulate people to be on the wrong side thinking they're on the right side, you see. And I just want to say that is happening so much today in our culture. So many people are being manipulated and I believe there's so much ungodliness and darkness and deception coming from so many different places. I'm reminded of this story in 2 Timothy where it's, it's speaking of men that are like Jonas and John Breeze. It says, it says this, These men oppose the truth, but in the end, guess what? They were exposed by God's power. And he says this, Just like Jonas and John Breeze, these men oppose the truth. Men of depraved minds, who as far as the faith is concerned, they are rejected but they will not get very far because just like what happened to these men, their folly is going to be clear to everybody. Listen, listen. Their folly is going to be clear to everybody. You know something that is all in the Word of God is if people who believe the Word of God will stand for truth, will not give up, We'll keep on praying. We'll keep on believing. We'll keep on getting into the Word of God. Truth will prevail. Truth will prevail. It will overcome the lies. It will overcome the darkness. But the people of God have to believe in that again. They've got to believe there's more power in the Word of God than there is in this world. That there's more power in the light than there is in the darkness. All we've got to do is connect to the light. All we've got to do is hold on and believe. And I tell you what, the folly of this world will be seen for what it is. The plans of this evil will be discovered. And all this crazy thinking that's in our hour will be seen for what it is. I believe that. It's only going to happen, though, if the light will shine. Man, what a cause we have in front of us. What a great purpose to help bring light into this earth and to save those who are blinded by the spirit of darkness, whether that's been just sinful lifestyles, whether that's been philosophies of life, philosophies of how to live, whether that's been of wrong attitudes and spirits. It can be so many things. But in this hour, already, already, I tell you, I see a move of God. I'm seeing people more open to God, more wanting to come to God, more wanting to give their lives to God than I've ever seen before. Even when I saw the move of God years ago, and, I, and this kind of thing happened more regularly, there's something different about it, even though I know it's just beginning. I'm going, 
God, I can just anticipate an amazing move of God in this hour. It's not time to be sleeping. It's not time to be doing business as usual. It's time for you to be connecting with what God's doing right now because it is big. It is at the beginning, but it's here. I can tell you now, when I go connect with God, I mean, just about every day I have some kind of like, wow, God, that's amazing what you did today. It's wonderful what's available now. If you'll go seek Him, you're going to find Him. Go seek Him while He may be found. Amen, the Bible says. And I'm telling you right now, He's making Himself known. Anyway, you know, going back to the Civil War, it looked like the South was going to win, you know. And um, it looked like that. They had the motivation, and it looked like at that moment, partly the North, some of them were sort of confused about why they were fighting. What's this all about? And, um, you know, Lincoln comes and then he, he shares what's been termed as the Gettysburg Address. And that address is, has been um, highlighted in history as the turning point of the war because it solidified in everybody's heart and mind what's the purpose of this war. What are you fighting for? It began to put in people a moral strength of, I can do this. I'll lay down my life because there's a cause. There's a cause. There's something right about this. Uh, I hate to do it. I hate to be involved with this, but there's something right about it. It gave something to, to these men to be able to step forward out of their day-to-day lives and say, I'll lay my life down to do what's right. And this is, I'll just read a part of it. You know, this is amazing. This is like one of the most famous addresses of all time. And it was like less than two minutes. Less than two minutes long. And he says, four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty, freedom for everybody and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal, dedicated to that very uh, phrase that I read out of the Constitution earlier, dedicated to this, that all men are created equal. Now, we are engaged in a civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. You see, He's definitively making the Civil War about, for the North, about slavery. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that their nation might live. That their nation might live. I love that, you see. This the thought of, you know what? There are a lot of issues there. They even are realizing you know what? Look at all the junk happening in our nation. But guess what? They said, we're going to lay down our lives so that this next generation is going to have a better nation than what we've lived in because we believe in this nation and we are also believing God for everyone that's here. Everyone. No matter who they are, where they come from. And he says this, but in a larger case, We can't dedicate or even consecrate or even hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it cannot never forget what they did here. Now I have to say, I think he missed it on that one. He said, said, this little speech won't be remembered, but what these people have done to do right That will always be remembered. I think it's so funny that the reverse of that has happened. We remember the speech, but we don't remember the lives of other people that laid down their lives to make this nation a better place, that laid down their lives for others, for for the cause of justice, the cause something that was right and good and had come to its time of being fixed. You see, praise God for people that don't just want to complain about something, they want to do something good about it. You have no right to cast your, your what do you call it, your stones against uh, those people that are doing this or that. 
if you're not willing to be the light. You understand what I'm saying? How is it we get upset at everybody? Let me tell you something. You've got no right to be upset being that you're a Christian and you've got the answer and you're doing nothing. Are y'all with me? Who's more guilty? The person who doesn't know in ignorance, in darkness, doing dumb, stupid things and going in the wrong direction or the person who has access to the power, to the light, to prayer and does nothing about it but complain? Who is more guilty? Anyway, so here he goes on with this. And he says, it's for us, the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have so far thus nobly advanced. It is rather for us here dedicated to the great task remaining before us that these honored dead, or excuse me, that from these honored dead, we take increased devotion to that cause. So that's like looking at what they've done and, and going, oh man, if they laid down their life for a cause, how much more should I? And you know, the Bible says that we should do that even to a greater extent. It says that we should look at Christ and think about what he did. Christ, the Son of God, laid down his God situation, so to speak, and came as a man. He lived as a man in life and experienced pain and humility and suffering. And he died the, the death of a, of a sinner, a shameful, painful death, you see? And it says, remember that. You see, it's, if one person dies for another, I mean, that's an amazing thing. But what about the Son of God who is in heaven as God deciding to come down and live as a man? How many of you would do that? I think I'd look at all those people and say, hmm, Father, let's just start over. You know, I, I mean, I love you. Anyway, but it says he does that because of his love. And it says, if he did that for us, how much more should you consider, oh, what he did and go, I should, I should live a life worthy, worthy of what was done for you. You ought to ask yourself the question, are you living your life worthy of what Jesus Christ did for you? Are you thinking about that? Are you living for you? I mean, he did all that, that you might be saved. And you're like, oh, thank you. Um, now let me go my own way. We've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in how you live. That means give him honor, give him glory, live for his purposes. Anyway, and he goes, we take increased devotion to that cause by, by what we see, through what we see, for which they gave their last full measure of devotion. And that we here highly resolve that these dead will not have died in vain. That this nation, under God, under God, shall have a new birth of freedom. And I just declare that today, that this nation is going to have a new birth of freedom. Freedom from all the junk that the enemy has brought in and all the division that's been brought in, I declare today this nation is going to see a new day. The power of God is going to be released. You're going to see the people that God has been forming in the wilderness like Joseph and like David. They're going to spring forth on the scene. God's going to be doing new things. It's going to offend some. It's going to surprise everybody. And it's going to make us all just in awe of what God's doing. I am so looking forward to it. We're going to see it. We're going to see it. And then he goes, this, this nation under God is going to have a new birth of freedom. And that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. Man, what a powerful, what a powerful message. And then, and then um, after that, You've got, you've got momentum happening here. You've got the, the calls highlighted now. Oh, now it's real clear what we're fighting for. That's when the war began to turn. People are serving for a higher cause, a God cause, God's purpose, and they're willing to die for that. People might not be willing to die just for some random something. I mean, could you imagine? But if you know you're going to die for something honorable, 
that God honors. And there's something like good in that, right? You remember some of the disciples one time, they were persecuted and they came out jumping and dancing and they said, Lord, thank you that you considered us worthy to suffer for your name. Wow. There's something very special in being able to lay down your life for something honorable. I think that's a treasure. If anybody could ever find something honorable to give their life over to, something from God. And you see, it starts with starting with your life. It starts with you saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. I messed up. I've been going my own way. You see, because come, becoming a Christian isn't just about doing good little things. It's about lining your life up with God. Because truthfully, uh, I'd hate for people just to hear messages like this and just become activists without lining their lives up with God, lining their thinking up with God and the Word of God. They'll become activists and do the most dumb things uh, thinking they're doing right. You know, one of the big problems today is that people are activists and they're calling good evil and they're calling evil good. They're all confused about what to do. And the Word of God and having our lives submitted and being humble before God and recognizing what God says over above what we feel, over above what the news is feeding us, over above all these things, if we will get before God and we have spent time before Him, God will put His thoughts in our hearts. And uh, you see, now Lincoln has done this and then guess what's going to happen? Some God-inspired woman is going to uh, come up with some lyrics to a song that these, that these men are going to be walking, singing this song, singing this song uh, as they're going to war and they're watching one another die. They're having their friends die. They're having their friends, some of them losing their arms or their legs. I mean, it was crazy what was happening back then. And they're singing this song, uh, which is called the Battle Hymn of the Republic. And some people call that song, uh, I think they call it um, gl Glory Hallelujah. What's the name of that song? Glory Hallelujah, right? Because it, that's a, and man, every time I hear that song, if I haven't heard it in a while, it just overwhelms me. I'm going, what an amazing song. And to think that these men were singing this song about God, about convictions, about what's right and wrong. And these words were motivating them to not give up on the cause, to not stop, to keep going forward. It's, it's like the cause is worthy. The cause is worthy. It's to keep their mind on God. I just want to read some of these things because I believe wherever we are in life, this is the kind of thought process that we need to have in our lives. He starts, they start out, my eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Man, that's the first phrase of the song. Man, and this is the song that our army was singing. It's a God song. Don't think God's got to get out of the army and get out of the school and get out. No, you watch what God can do. God can get back in the army, back in the schools. In fact, they'll be talking about God, I believe, one day again. I believe it'll happen. Yes, God is unhindered if the church will be unhindered. Anyway, we, we slow God down more than anybody. But he says, my eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. I mean, think about living your life and you're picturing that. That that's what's on your mind every day. And you're singing that song maybe various times a day. I don't know and you're thinking about it, and you see the coming of the Lord, that's got to put something on the inside of you, right? You go, man, what a glorious day. He's going to come in fire. He's going to come on the clouds in that hour. Man, what a day. What a glorious day that's going to be. And then they begin to speak about the judgment of God. That doesn't sound like a very motivated, motivational song, right? That's not the way we motivate people today in church, by the way. I mean, I believe in what we say, but I'm just saying, we don't say this part. We motivate by people by saying, you're going to make it. You're going to have a good life. Everything's going to be wonderful. You know, used to, they had the other side of motivation too. And they, then in this song, they began to speak about the judgment of God. God's going to judge how you're living. God's going to judge your decisions. God's going to judge your values. He watches what you're doing. He looks at your deeds and it says this, um, Paul says this, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that every one of us may receive the things done in the body according to that which he has done, whether good or bad. Man, 
They're bringing the fear of God into people, right? So they're going, the Lord is coming. There's going to be an amazing judgment. This is in the song they're singing every day. Does that sound like any song we'd be singing to motivate ourselves? But I'm telling you, when you get into the song, when you get into these things and the truth of this message, it cleans you out of something. And it doesn't just motivate you. It, it purifies you and puts a fire on the inside of you to do what's right. Then, he, then the song talks about the glorious gospel. The glorious, he calls it the glorious, fiery gospel. And it, it says, the song says, speaks about that fiery gospel and the one of woman crushing the serpent with his heel. And, uh, you know, I, what, a, what a neat little phrase there. But, amen, the gospel is a fiery gospel. It's not a wimpy gospel. It burns. It, it's going to either get you upset or give, bring glory to you. Paul said, for one, it's the fragrance of death. To the other, it's the fragrance of life. This gospel, it's, a, it's not just something that ought to be floating around. You know what? It's like, it's like the gospel is just like a philosophy today. Well, do you want to accept it or not? You know, you think about it. You know what? Let me tell you something. The gospel is the power of God. Amen? And when the gospel is the fiery gospel, when it's alive, when it's full of power, when it's birthed out of prayer and out of commitment to God and consecration to God, there is a power in the preaching of the gospel that changes men's lives. It's through the preaching of the gospel that men are awakened to faith and they pop out of where they've been and they believe. It's amazing what can happen through the preaching of the gospel. But if you wimpify the gospel and you are trying to take out all the little parts that people might not like, guess what? You're taking the power out of it to save and to do its work. It goes on and then talks about the trumpet call. Man, that song just keeps on going. It talks about the trumpet call and God sifting the hearts of men before the judgment seat. You know, and I really believe right now God's trumpet is blowing. I believe God's trumpet is blowing. God's trumpet is blowing right now. And you know what he's doing? He's assembling his army. He's saying, come on, it's time to get up. It's time to rise up. It's time to stand. It's time to pray. It's time to take your place. It's time to get in line and do what you're supposed to be doing. The trumpet call, I know, is going out by the Holy Ghost in this hour. And it's calling men, stand to your feet. Get in the army. Line up. Get to attention. Quit being distracted. We're in a, we're in a war. And I'm getting ready to give marching orders out. See, God, that trumpet is calling. Man, can you not hear it? Man, man, every day when I'm spending time with God, I just get a greater and greater sense of get prepared, line up, hear what God's saying right now. It's such an urgent, important time. God's getting ready to do something. Some people aren't going to be ready. You've got to be humble. You've got to allow God to be dealing with you every day. You know, it's amazing. I've been saved as long as I have, and God still regularly deals with my attitude. He deals with wrong thoughts I have. And I just want to say, if you don't have that kind of relationship with God, sometimes God is going to come on the scene, and you're not going to be ready because you didn't prepare your heart for what He was getting ready to do. You stayed in your stubborn attitude. You stayed in your stubborn mindset. You knew God was dealing with that. And the reason you aren't ready is because you did not deal with what God wanted to deal with. And when he said, come and spend time with me, I need to do some things in you. I need to communicate with you. You decided to do something else instead. I am just telling you, God is saying, come. The trumpet is coming out. I believe it's coming out as I'm talking. And he's saying, come. I've got something good for you. I'm going to bring you to some place you've never been. It's going to be amazing what happens. And it's going to be amazing how I release you into the battle and you're going to be an effective vessel in my hands to accomplish what I want to do. Man, I love that. I love that. I don't just like doing good things. I love to do them with God. Jesus says, oh man, my food is to do the work of my Father. I just love to be involved in what He's doing. I love to see people get saved. I love to see the light come on. I love to see people transformed. I love it. And, and the more I see it, 
the more I want to commit myself to it. The more I see what God's doing, the more I want to jump in it. And that's the way it's going to happen in this hour. Begin to line up. The more you line up, the more you're going to see. The more you're going to see, the more hungry you are. The more hungry you are, the more you're going to seek. The more you seek, the more you're going to see again. It's going to happen. Momentum happens. If you'll start, momentum will happen. Amen? If you'll just start going forward, if you'll press past the things holding you back, momentum will start. And you'll start to overcome. You'll start to grow. Anyway, then the the next phrase, as he died to make men holy, let us die to make men free. Man, now he's already set you up for that verse right there. Right? He's coming. He's going to judge what you're doing. Live for what's right. Live for a cause. And then, he, and then it's like, out of all of that, your heart's ready for that next verse. As he died. As he died. Where is that? To set men free. Let us die. I know I missed the exact words there. Come on now. Somebody help me with that. That's, here it is. It's more poetic the way they said it. As he died to make men holy. Let us die to make men free. See what he's doing there? He's putting resolve in their hearts. He's putting resolve in their hearts. Because a lot of them, they've seen their friends die. They've seen their family members die. And he says, it's worth it. It's worth it to, li- to live your life for this. It's worth it to, if you have, you know, all that stuff you have back home, your fields, your, your, uh, you know, your cow and your horse or whatever, it's worth it. Just let that go. If you go into eternity, you live for a good cause. It's all worth it. And this is what these people were embracing. And that's why I believe the war turned. They embraced the cause of Christ in that hour. And (laughs) he gave them what they needed. And they did the work of God. And our nation was changed. And that's happened various times. That's happened various times. And I just want to say right now, We're in another crisis time. I believe just like in the Revolutionary War, just like in the Civil War, we're in a time of an intense crisis. It's a huge moral crisis, ethical crisis. There's more darkness right now. I mean, the stupidity, the the blindness on this culture is staggering. It's staggering. You cannot believe that grown adults are saying things that what they're saying. Um, and it's like you feel like you're in third grade and you can't believe that everybody's acting like a second grader. I mean, you're going, what? That's the craziest thing. Last week, I mean, I know this sounds like it's trite and it is sort of trite, but I want you to think about the stupidity of all of this. You know, there's this, I think there was some kind of swim event recently. Y'all probably heard about this. And some young lady, I think she's in her teens, she comes to this big event, a swim, whatever, and she's completely topless. And they're like, oh, um, we have uh, regulations here and the women uh, need to wear tops. She goes, oh, I'm not a woman, I'm a man. What do you mean? I identify as a man. And they go through their laws and, oh, well, we have to accept that. So course she's walking around the whole pool with no top on and she's just telling everybody she's a man i just want to ask you is is she a man are y'all with me about two weeks ago i mean these are like similar little things about two weeks ago there's this woman's spa right and so some of the women well they don't wear very much in there right and so um one day they're all in this spa it's all women and a man walks in completely naked All the women are all upset. And they're like, oh no, he's a woman. What? Wait a second. Did you see this? He's a man. No, he's a woman because he identifies as a woman. So he's a woman. I mean, I hope that you're not so dull that you don't see the stupidity of that. Now we have people who are going, they're one race, but they say they're another. It doesn't matter what anybody's race is, but that's just a crazy thing. Some people are now going, they're born in one nation and they're, they're saying they're from some other nation that they identify with. They've never, they, they've never even been there. I mean, I'm just, 
I'm just saying, can you not see, this is just a little bit of the stupidity. And you go into sports, it is the most ridiculous thing. I mean, I'm not even trying to get into the little nitty-gritty politics. I'm just telling you, look at the stupidity of this. Look at the stupidity of a man competing in women's sports. I mean, but these are the, yes, you say, oh, that's not a big deal. Let me just say, the stupidity of it is a big deal. The stupor of it is a big deal. The darkness of it is a big deal. Can you not see darkness is encroaching in such a rapid rate? The only hope is going to be the church. If the church does not rise up, we're going to get worse and worse and worse. Sexual immorality is getting worse and worse and worse. And now, now there are so many things that are accepted. I mean, I don't even want to name them. There are so many things that are accepted. Ten years ago, people go, oh, no, no, oh, that's crazy. That'll never be accepted. Watch what will be accepted if the church doesn't rise up. You'd be surprised even from today where we are in five more years if the church does not rise up. The church is the hope of the world. You say, well, Jesus is the hope of the world. Well, Jesus is the light of the world too, isn't he? But then he looks at the church and he goes, now you are the light. You're the ones I'm going to shine through. Now you're the ones that are carrying the truth. The Bible says that the, the church is the hope of, and the foundation of truth in the earth. And if we don't stand up, who will? If we don't lay down our lives, who will? And I love the idea of it too. You know, let's just be radical. When we can just all be a radical family together, we'll have our, 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 our the beautiful, you know, we, you know, fellowship together, you know, and just love one another and pray together, not worry about what anybody has, not worry about what people are dressed this way or that way, but just enjoy being together and live out this value of we're going to pursue God we're going to pray. We're going to believe God. And whatever sign that we've been given in life, that's what we're going to fulfill. Anyway, <clears throat> so I just want to encourage you today. I'm sort of recruiting for the Lord's army today. You know, this isn't the hour to be focusing on pleasure. You know, I know July the 4th is a real fun day, but I'll tell you something. We are living in an extremely precarious situation where where darkness is all around us, it's encroaching, and too much of the church is just laughing all as if it's just nothing. Oh, this just, can you believe? Let me just say, no, it is, it is ungodly. It's demonic. It's definitely going to attack the church just as soon as it thinks it has enough power to get by with it. It will attack the church and try to undermine the church and, and undo anything that the church can do. And you go, no, that will never happen. Oh, you just are ignorant about everything, aren't you? You just have to realize if the, if the light's not there, darkness keeps on growing. It just keeps on growing. Well, I want to pray with you today. And I, my heart is that you would join the army of the Lord. And how do you join that army? First, you need to recognize where you are in life. Are you living for God or living for yourself? A lot of the Christians that I speak to in life they're still living in sin. They're still not really serving the Lord. They're not pursuing God. And I'm going, are you really a Christian or not? Because the Bible says if you've been born again, you don't live like that anymore. You've had something radical happen on the inside of you that's changed your values and that's working on the inside of you. In fact, and John says the Holy Spirit won't let you keep living like that. Now there's something on the inside of you pulling you in the right direction all the time. And that's why I know when, when a preacher preaches truth, there's always something on the inside of a believer that's saying, yes, the mind might not agree, but eventually, if you keep serving the Lord, your mind will come around. Amen? And something also I believe for the sinner is that there's the conscience. God's given you a conscience. And He likes to awaken it. We like to ignore it. We want to harden it. We want to make it where it's less sensitive because the conscience can make us feel very uneasy sometimes, can't it? Right? But God's given us that conscience for a reason. And that conscience is used with a sinner to help bring him toward God and to say, you know what? Everything's not lined up in your life. I'm calling you back to God. So the first thing, line up your life with God. And I'm not just talking to people who are sinners. I'm talking to Christians today. You who are lukewarm, 
you who are half in the world, half out, you shouldn't be at peace where you're living. In fact, if you look at the Word of God, the Bible says you should fear. You should go, well, why am I living the way I'm living? Have you really been born again? Have you really given your life to the Lord? Or is it just a nice ideal that you have? You see, God is looking for those that believe in the Lord Jesus. They've turned from living for themselves and they've given their lives back to God. That's step number one. And as you begin to walk with God, connect in church, connect with some place where there's fire and learn about the things of God, learn about the Word of God and grow. And as you do that, then discover where God has called you to be in life, what God's called you to do in life and make a difference. Hear from God. God will direct you. He said, I'll lead my sheep. I'll show you what to do. You've just got to follow. Some people go, oh, the Lord said he'll lead me. But then he says, go there, and they don't go. You, you see, he's leading. Sometimes we just don't follow. But if you're following the Lord, there's that continual leading that's going to happen. One step after the other. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. Just do what you need to do today, and tomorrow will take care of itself. Amen. Man, if I had a firework, I would... Explode it right here. Just say, praise the Lord. This is a good day we're living in. Might look like a battle, but I'm just awakening you to the battle because Christ in us is greater than he that's in the world and the power of God in us is going to overcome every lie. One other little thing about that song. I love that after every chorus, after every phrase, not every chorus, every um, verse, it says, his truth is marching on. They realized, man, there's a bunch of lies. There's a bunch of deception. There's a bunch of, oh, that old, those arguments. Man, and look how that confuses people. Look how people are taking the wrong side. And they just sing every verse about serving God, the fear of God. The and they say, His truth is marching on. You've got to be confident. And I said this earlier, but you've got to be confident. If we will hang with the truth, if we will be filled with God, God's truth will prevail. And the power of God is even now being restored because I just, God's already started this thing. It's time to jump in. Amen. The trumpet is sounding. Amen. Well, God, today we want to thank you for the trumpet call to get in line, to stand up, to be at attention, to, to submit our hearts and lives to you. God, to have ears to hear. Lord, to lay down any wrong attitudes, to lay down any selfishness and self-centeredness and self-seeking. And God, to, to pursue you. God, to pursue the things of God. Lord, we thank you that as we do that, we're going to discover more of you and it's going to be worth anything that any of us are ever required or that we need to lay down. God, we thank you for that. We're not even focused on that because you said, oh God, you'd provide for us miraculously and wonderfully. So, Lord, today we want to thank you for the cause of Christ, the cause of righteousness in the earth, the cause of the truth of the gospel going forth in the earth. Lord, let us be those that will live like we should, that that gospel will go forth in fire again, and that it will have the power that it once had in the earth, oh, all revved up at a new dimension, even more than we've ever seen. We ask you this now in Jesus' name. Amen.